Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Hello, everyone. So there we are, a return of the Premier League after a break. And it's like it never went away. We've seen handball penalties, ex-red cards galore, and wild cards being wielded by those last holdouts who have seen enough as FPL came back with a bang. Plus, early transfers may have already been executed for some people. Yikes. I'm Tom. I'm here with a beer. Yay, I might need it. <laughs> and I'm joined by Sam, as always. And also our first guest of the season this year in the man, the myth, the legend is FPL Fran. Hello, mate. You're all right. Why don't you introduce yourself to the good people listening? Yeah, well, first of all, it's a huge privilege to be the first guest of the season. Um, I'm a YouTuber, a content creator, sort of like Sam as well. I think my probably most popular series and something that I'm quite well known for is a cheat sheet, which is where I just look at all the positions in FPL by price point and sort of look at how efficient they might be for the short term to medium term. Um, but yeah, other than that, I'm quite invested into analytics, but obviously also your sort of classic eye test manager. My YouTube channel used to actually just be a post-match tactics channel, but then suddenly I got quite avidly into fantasy football, which is how I'm here. Amazing. Well, it's great to have you on, Fran. Hopefully, uh, we'll be able to take some of that wisdom on board with us for the weeks ahead as well, because I think we both could use a rank like yours at the moment. We'll get onto that a little bit later, though. We are Who Got the Assist. The mini league code for the final time is M-I-N-L-U-D. We're closing it after this game week, so do get involved if you're not already. Uh, but this is your final warning. On today's pod, the contemplate today will be a return of an earlier episode, which went down really well earlier this season called Pick Your Fighter. This time we're going to be running through some of the several key men that are on offer ahead of the Game Week 10 fixture swings. And of course, quite a few people are on wildcard this week as well. So hopefully a fairly prudent time to be having a look at some of these different options. We'll also have a bit of a deeper discussion about that wildcard 10 for any of those that are hitting the button this week, as well as our typical bowl claims update and a pretty lengthy Q&A at the end of the pod as well. It's the 23rd of October, the Monday evening, and we've just started recording at the half time mark for the Spurs Fulham game it's 1-0 Sonny scored a goal Richarlison's got the assist but we don't know anything more than that as it stands so be ready for cheers and groans halfway through the pod when inevitably some hijinks go on in the background cool excellent well uh should we I mean scores on the doors I think um some things may change in terms of ranks and things like that but just mm -hmm. worth kind of going for it at the moment so Pre this evening, I was on 70 points and now on 78 at half time. Um, really decent week, just rolled the transfer basically. Um, so I had two free transfers going into the swing in 10. Um, good performances uh, from the likes of, well, Salah, Gordon, Trippier, uh, Alvarez. Holland captain, well, eight points. You know, it's all right, but it's not Salah, is it? And Jared Bowen, consolation and thieving a bonus has been quite good. So up to about 250k ish, uh, which is again a, a very good outcome. Um, I'm kind of 
almost half my rank again um, which is quite nice so really kind of uh, scything myself upwards and uh, yeah I may have already made my transfers so I can only imagine how bad it's going to go after this but hey there we go yeah um, feeling uh, feeling optimistic though Who's next? yeah it's, it's a great score after the international break as well isn't it I think you look at that side there's not really much you can fault with it going into game week 10 but I think you've made a couple of transfers already. So we'll go into that later on. Uh, the next team on the bill is mine. So it was 68 going into today. Sonny's got the goal. Um, so I think my live score at the moment is 79, um, including like potential bonus points. But obviously that will fluctuate um, through the next 45 minutes or so. I'm uh, as far as going into this pod's concerned, I've gained another extra 100K since I put the overall rank in the bottom corner so i'm about 650k at the live rank on live fpl as it stands but again that will move throughout the pod so i'm lagging behind both of you at the moment but to be honest i'm still pretty happy with where i'm at i don't think it's a bad bad place to be going into game week 10 um very similar side to tom's instead of trippier i've got burn um bowen gordon harland salah all the same um except i've got watkins up top where tom had alvarez so very similar structures at the moment um but let's move on to franz yeah so actually very similar structures um i think we're one of the few people in the community who actually went gordon so quite interesting that we land mm. there um mm. I've got Diaby, of course. Um, could have been Mbumo, but it is what it is. Just looking forward now to the Luton fixture. And fortunately, because we decided to record at halftime, I've managed to get something from Richarlison finally, which was sort of a, a similar punt to, I guess, Kuliszewski from Tom. Just a two-week punt from Richarlison before I sort of move him off. Um, and yeah, fortunately, got an assist. Otherwise, okay game week so far, given the first half, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, and you're um, doing really well this season, aren't you? Um, in kind of the top top 50k or something like that. Um, and a lot of that was due to Gusto and Sterling, I think, early doors. I remember saying to FPL meets, like, that's the sort of irreplaceable uh, point score. Like, you know, you've got all those points in the bag that other managers are going to need to, like, really chase going forward. And you know, things like that kind of make a season, don't they? And I think you're kind of nailed on for a really good year here, basically, if you can just keep it running, Fran. Um, yeah, team looks very good. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Excellent. All right. So this week, as Sam mentioned earlier on, it is contemplate. It is pick your fighter as lots of teams fixture swing. Uh, so what's the situation? Um, there's loads of teams that are now in focus. And also you've got people kind of hitting the wildcard button as well as a, I think there was a mass roll um, the week just gone, which means mm. we're at a point, I think, of true template shift. And I feel like, uh, Sam, this was the, time frame that many had circled in their calendars is the period where the bets would be laid down on what works going forward yeah absolutely and I think when I first mapped out my plan for the season I ideally wanted to be wildcarding in game week 10 as well so it's quite interesting having burnt the wildcard a couple of weeks ago because things things kind of manifested in a different way to how I was expecting as they always do so it's quite interesting to see it from the other point of view than I was expecting this week. I was expecting to be on the wild card around about now and watching other people go through it is really interesting from the other side of the window. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of different 50-50 calls at the moment, a lot of very popular picks in around that middle mid-price asset range that I think makes this wild card and if you've got two free transfers as well, very interesting in the different paths we could all take in FPL right now. I think 
with just one different move here or there, each of us could end up on a very significantly different path three or four weeks down the line, as as we have seen in our own teams, Tom, over the last few weeks as well. So it's a very mm. interesting time in FPL at the moment. And uh, I know you've uh, compiled some data um, and mapped out some of the popular picks. So let's uh, move over to that slide now so we can do it full justice as we prepare to talk about them all. Yeah, and a lot, we had loads of questions this week, thank you. Some of them will be taken at the end in the Q&A, but quite a few will be peppered into the discussion because, of course, why would not why would it not be um, this massive kind of uh, conversation piece for the community? Um, so we've got, um, for those not watching on YouTube, um, a list of, I think we're going to stick to five key players, key fighters. I know there's going to be loads more, which people have at the tip of their tongues, uh, but we're sticking with these guys, uh, Watkins, Saka, Martinelli, Bowen and Matoma. Uh, we've got their points, um, their price, um, their overall kind of rank um, in terms of the points they've scored, and their non-pen XGI and non-pen XGI per 90, uh, and they're kind of how their teams are doing as well, as well as their ownership up on the screen. And I think should we take these kind of players one by one and kind of just look at their merits? Because it, it's not the case that you kind of, if you get one, you can't get the other. It may be the case for mm. a few of them. So, for example, Watkins and Saka, I know if people are looking at that conundrum at the moment, which one do I go for this week? Um, but to start with the main man, Ollie Watkins, uh, Luton, Nottingham Forest, Fulham and Tottenham, uh, the next three. Um, Enzo FPL, Nick, uh, can Watkins keep outperforming his X points? And Dave, can you captain Watkins next three over Salah, um, for Nottingham Forest this week, Holland's over Bournemouth next week, and then Salah again for Brentford the week after. I mean, Fran, uh, Watkins definitely, uh, he feels like the one that most people are going to be lining up to bring in this week, given that Luton fixture is incredibly juicy and given how he's playing. Yeah, no, I think so. I think Watkins, he was someone that I deliberated between Alvarez, and I think a lot of managers will be sort of be looking at that sort of move, whether they can actually push into to Watkins and Part of that simply, as you say, is just due to the fixtures where, as you say, he could even be a captaincy option just because of how good that Luton fixture is. I also think, yes, of course, he's sort of been overperforming so far, but when you look at the underlying data, it's actually still very solid amongst some of the other peers in, in this category. And not only that, the fixtures are still perfect. So it just seems like it's very obvious to go Watkins. Yeah, definitely. I think he's a, a, just to talk to that date, underlying data for, in terms of non-pen XGI, he's third overall at the moment uh, behind Salah and Haaland. And in terms of per 90, that's 0.75 per 90. I know um, in terms of true assists, he's not got as many as it says on FPL, uh, yeah. but you are right. It's 13 goals and assists from uh, 6.4 XGI, Sam. Uh, so yeah, mm. you know, you've got that. You've got a really good run of fixtures and ownership, which will only keep growing in tandem. Like for me, certainly on paper, it just feels like one that I'm, I, I, I bought him. So <laughs> I couldn't resist basically getting him in. Spoilers. Yeah, I mean, Watkins was one of the picks that I, I think I got slightly fortunate when I wildcarded. The 23-pointer was very, very recent in my memory, and it just put into focus just how essential he is to the way that Villa set up at the moment. And then since that kind of catalyst moment, he's been talking a lot in the press about what he's trying to focus on in terms of goals this season um, and obviously prioritise getting back into the England setup, which he's now done as well. So we've learned a little bit about where his mind's at too, which is quite interesting to know. I mean, all strikers are always going to want to score a lot of goals, but Emery does seem to be getting the best out of him. And since Emery came into the league, Watkins has been one of the key talisman across any team in the league since mm. I think it's almost a year to the day since Emery came in, in fact. 
And obviously that's coincided with Villa being very, very good um, across the last season and a half as well. In terms of the overperforming question, it is an interesting one. And I think considering how much he is overperforming, he's almost doubled. In fact, he probably is double 13 returns versus 6.4 non-penalty XGI. I think that is of a, a concern. It is something to look at. But even if he does revert back to his mean, even slightly revert back to that sort of data, 6.4 average returns in the first nine game weeks is not bad going. That's still fairly good value for money. If you throw in a few bonus points here and there as well, that would still be good value at 8.2, 8.3 million. And then you also look at the fixtures to come and you think Luton at home, Fulham at home in the next three. And then the Nottingham Forest game is the away game in between the two. He could easily bag a goal in any one of those fixtures. So I would still be fairly confident that that continues for the next few game weeks. And even if he doesn't overperform his data, the data in those three games should be pretty decent for him anyway and give him a pretty good chance of continuing the hot streak. Yeah, there's definitely an element of bias in how effusively we both backed him at the start of the season. And, you know, I was kind of saying he'd be troubling the 200 club and kind of selling before that takeoff that you referenced. And then buying him back 0.3 million later does feel a bit annoying. Um, but it's definitely, you know, in terms of the underperforming, uh, overperforming, sorry, um, there, there's you could be stubborn about it, um, especially if you don't want to move to 343 and do want to remove Alvarez, um, which, I, which I completely understand, though, if, if you don't want to remove Alvarez. Um, I mean, I've already decided that I won't. I won't be. You know, I can't miss out on what could occur. Um, just because, I mean, yes, if a player is overperforming, fair enough. But the fixtures are kind of, I guess, um, enabling that to be sustained. Um, I suppose um, there's something about the, the next three, especially where I'm like, well, okay, if 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 a reversion to the mean is going to occur, then I don't know if it's going going to occur anytime soon. I mean, what do you think, Fran, on this overperforming question? Yeah, I think Sam sort of hit the nail on the coffin because it's just ultimately, even if you're overperforming, you've still got fixtures where you'd expect him to overperform. And so because of that, I would just go into him. It's not really the case where he's an overperformer and then suddenly he's got really tough fixtures ahead. So I think for me, when I look at fixtures and someone who's got good data anyways, at the end of the day, as you say, he's top three, there's no reason to sort of think too much about it. Oh, it's also important to know that Alvarez is overperforming too. So yeah. if you're making that switch and Alvarez doesn't quite have the same level of fixtures, obviously in a better side, but if if you're making that argument for Watkins, you might as well make it for Alvarez as well. So Madison's just scored, Sam. Woohoo. That's very good news. I just saw <laughs> it in the side points. of my eye. I was trying to <laughs> trying to stay composed for the sake of God. <laughs> Of my new sign and um, yeah um anyway um yeah i mean I, yeah i think the, the only other thing is i think that he's definitely in the captaincy contention for this week um watkins uh, for a lot of people um i suspect again reverting back to the ownership question a little bit uh, so it's 33.5 percent where he was yesterday um and i think that, that that's only going to continue uh, to grow really i think mm. he's um yeah, already had the price rise on sunday night and i'm sure he'll get another one over the course of this week right so watkins seems like a fighter that we are going to be picking and um, but how does it work then with Saka and Marcinelli. So a lot of people, um, some people may have held Saka for a long time. I suspect that quite a few did jump off after the injury scare. And Marcinelli, of course, has come back to fitness um, after missing out, uh, after getting injured pretty early on in the season. Uh, Luan Dile asks, what are your thoughts on Arsenal going forward? Do they require maximum investment? Well, I, th- I think, you know, we're not really out of second gear yet. 
I think that game versus Chelsea was, I think, the first game that we managed to field our, our kind of first choice front three in Martinelli, Jesus, and, and Saka all season. And and you know, it's it's one of those where it's it's difficult because. Like, trying to differentiate the two, Osaka and Martinelli, really just comes down to who you can afford and how you can make it all work. Because with Osaka, it's difficult to go any further. You can't wax lyrical too much about the guy. Brilliant asset. Lovely man as well. Just want to give him a cuddle, I'm sure, and watch a, watch a nice sort of rom-com with him. I'm sure it'd be really, really nice. Um, and uh, Martinelli, um, perhaps cheaper. And um, this year doesn't have the data as well. And so like the ownership's like five, just under 5% as well. A bit forgotten because he's just come back from injury. I mean, one thing I would say about the two of them is that it's really interesting comparing the two in terms of the data last season. So both finished with, within just four points of each other. Martinelli on 198, Saka on 202. If I remember correctly, it was a late injury for Martinelli, which stopped him proceeding past the velvety ropes into the 200 club. But looking across like every single kind of key metric that you would look at on FB ref, um, non-pen uh, expanded goal involvement, uh, shots on target per 90, um, XG per 90, and uh, expect to uh, expect to the goals as well. Uh, Martinelli and Saka are really, really similar. In fact, Martinelli wins uh, in inverted commas and in all three of the metrics that I've cited. So it's definitely something where like, can he cover Saka? I've, I'm kind of betting that he will. Um, and I think that you know, with um, with Jesus now fit and the three of them kind of working together, he could be one who gets kind of seriously overlooked. Um, with our fixtures again. Uh, coming i mean i've got the newcastle game um in a couple of weeks time but sheffield united straight away and then the burnley game um those two games sandwich in the newcastle game you can't really ask for more can you really fran in terms of uh, in terms of an arsenal midfield asset uh, what are your plans here are, are you backing one of these fighters yeah i am and um i mean i can probably disclose that i'll, I'll be backing saka i just think it, it is a question ultimately of whether you're prepared to move away from one of those spurs midfielders and i think we've also done the thing where we sort of did a Spurs punt with Kulishevsky and Richarlison players that we're probably more happy to dispose of. And as you can see, Madison scoring, Sun yeah. assisting, those sorts of players I think are very hard for managers to get rid of. Um, whereas now in our position, it feels a little bit easier to, to move into these Arsenal players who have great fixtures. For me, I think between Saka and Martinelli, I, I just can't necessarily trust Martinelli's minutes. I know obviously his underlying stats last season were better um, and even Odegaard as well overperformed quite a bit. But ultimately, I, I am someone who, who likes the minutes, who just likes those sort of guarantees. I know Trossard's been doing well so far, coming on as a substitute at times and often playing as a starter since Martinelli was injured. But I don't have that sort of lack of a guarantee with Saka. So I, I prefer going for Saka and, and I ultimately have the ability to do so because I have that sort of disposable spot. And I think it's a little bit tougher for managers who have Madison and Son and have to sort of ponder that. Yeah, it's, it, I think there's... I think there's always going to be the preference to buy Saka. I think that would kind of be um, the first sort of thing that I'd have wanted to do. It's just within the within all of this, there's kind of that feeling of, right, you've got Salaland. How do you make everything kind of fit around it? And that's kind of where you've got to start sort of making compromises, which I think we'll talk about in just a little bit. I mean, Sam, I, I guess it's kind of straight shooting to Saka for you as well. Yeah, so we, we've been discussing it over the weekend as well, haven't we, Tom? And I think it... If they were the same price, as in Saka was a little bit less, there wouldn't even be a conversation here. I think you go with the no. expected minutes. It would it would just be an obvious um, one-way street. I think, like Fran said, because Trossard is pushing Martinelli all the way, 
for that starting spot. And obviously Trossard came off, uh, came on for Martinelli and scored over the weekend. That will just be another thing that Trossard will be straight into the boss's office and be like, right, I need, I need some minutes here. I need to be starting matches. And Martinelli is a fantastic footballer. No one is doubting that whatsoever. When he's on the pitch, he's very, very threatening and the data supports that. But he's not always on the pitch. Saka is disregarding the one game in 68, 70 games or so he was injured for. He's on for 90 minutes pretty much every single week. And I think for that extra 0.8 million, that is worth the difference. And his data has been phenomenal so far this season. I think Tom's mentioned so far earlier this season that he could be making his move this year from an 8 million asset to someone at a premium price point. And so far, the data supports that. And I think considering what we've seen so far, the fact he's returning every single week that he's played in, it would be it would be a wise move to probably back the safer pick in Saka, in my opinion. It's just the matter of who do you get rid of out of the Spurs <laughs> assets, for example, to yep. squeeze in Saka? Because those fixtures ahead from Arsenal, especially those two home games, are absolutely phenomenal. I don't think you can get two better home games than Sheffield United at home, Burnley at home in the next three. So you do want a slice of that pie, but it's are you willing to compromise on what are now two in inverted commas, inform players who have both scored today in Son and Madison. Yep. And I think that's going to be a really crucial dilemma for those on a wild card this week and those with a couple of free transfers that wanted to attack the fixtures. It Obviously, it's good news that your assets are scoring, but are you willing to get rid of them after they've done so well? It's going to be a real test of resolve, I think, for quite a few managers now. Oh, certainly. And I, I suppose there's, there's another kind of question here as well. So if I'm sure a lot of people are kind of looking at Watkins or Saka to bring in, I think that that's mm. kind of, there's a bit of a kind of a hierarchy of need question there almost. Like, which one do you think is mission critical and which one can potentially wait for a couple of weeks? And because I'm assuming you're going to want and Arsenal a midfielder uh, for the Burnley game as cited. And um, I, 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 I guess it's probably Watkins, Fran, that that should be if you are kind of looking at the two, if you're kind of, right, I've got one eight million slot. This is probably where I'm going to go. Uh, is that kind of where you kind of lean towards if you had to make a choice? I think so, just because even if we look short term, Arsenal, I guess, have the Newcastle fixture, whereas Watkins has a pretty clean run. So if you wanted to just compare like for like, um, I suppose Watkins has nicer fixtures. And then on top of that, as we said, because there feels like there's more competition in the midfield, maybe you can wait for Saka even, arguably. And I think also there's a question of, for people who have been holding Trippier, that's also sort of holding you from the amount of money that you would probably need to actually get both Saka and Watkins in your draft. So there's that question too as well, whether you're willing to part ways with Trippier, maybe you can actually get both. Um, but yeah, I think... Ultimately, we have to sort of make a decision and you're just not going to have them all. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely will be in, the, uh, be in the, the discussion just a bit. I mean, Sam, um, obviously for you, you're, you're going to have both. Uh, same question though, would it be Watkins or would it be Saka that you'd be mainlining if you could only really get one this week? You're not, you're not willing to take the, the hit, for example. Yeah, oh, it's a tough one. I think... My it, my gut and my instinct says Saka because the data the data is really there for Saka and he is he's not on all the penalties he is giving some away but against Sheffield United for a player that is on or has first option on a lot of the penalties let's say at least 
I think I'd probably just about prioritise him. As tempting as it is to go for Watkins, what we did mention earlier as well is he is overperforming his data. So Saka is actually pretty much matching his data. I think there is a slight overperformance, obviously, but he's much closer to the data than Watkins is, or at least in the data points that I've seen anyway. Um, the, the one on the, the sheet at the moment actually would probably paint a slightly different picture. So there are different different ways to maybe look at these data points. But my instinct would probably be to favour Saka. Um, but then again, I've already got Watkins. So maybe I'm slightly biased in thinking that he's not the new shiny object to me, whereas <laughs> Saka is because I don't have him yet. So yeah, I, I could see an argument for either. And I think if you've got, it depends who you're selling as well. If you're selling Alvarez for Watkins, Alvarez has arguably got a tougher fixture, Man United away from home. I, I would back him to do well in that fixture for what it's worth than let's say a, a Spurs asset away at Palace. So would you prioritise getting Watkins as a bigger upgrade for that one game week um, and maybe make the Saka move in a couple of weeks' time? Possibly. But Watkins' run is running out pretty soon as well. I think he's got three games left of what you would call the good run, whereas Saka has more of an extended good run after the Newcastle fixtures out the way. So maybe you could hold off a little bit longer on Saka for that for that reason. But my instinct would be to go with Saka first, personally. And let me tell you, as someone who didn't own Watkins, um, I think that was uh, the, the one that I was just like, yeah, I need to get this guy. It's yeah. tal- tal- talisman theory, really, where you can think, well, right, I think Marcinelli on any given day, as we've discussed this weekend, Sam, uh, could well uh, pull out the bag uh, over Saka. But um, I, do I see the same kind of dynamic between say Diaby and Watkins no I don't um so I think that that would probably be where it is just because the fixtures are, are pretty good aren't they up until the start of December um after that they got a Man City and Arsenal back to back 15 and 16 so maybe you wouldn't be um, you know, maybe that's the time to then get rid again and be a Luton, Forest, Fulham, Spurs away which isn't you know, too bad an attacking pitcher and Bournemouth away uh, up until game week 14 I mean you can't say can't say better than that really can you for Watkins cool all right so getting a bit muddy um, in terms of which fighter we're picking here. Let's just throw another one into the mix. Uh, Jared Bowen, um, proven consistent Premier League performer, a one 200 club finish to his name, good fixtures as well. Everton, Brentford, Nottingham Forest and Burnley over the next four. And yeah, I think West Ham's fixtures actually all the way up until uh, just before Christmas are, are pretty good. Um, so not really one to worry about too much. Um, I think just to venture my thoughts quickly before I hand over to Fran, uh, the suggestions about them playing loads of low blocks, um, but I think they're not very high quality low blocks. So I wouldn't mm-hmm. be too concerned about that. Um, the only thing with him, which also applies to Matoma, is that they've got European competition to worry about. But I mean, Fran, you've got Diaby. You don't have what? Don't have Bowen, and you were saying you weren't really feeling it uh, with with Jared uh, over the <laughs> over the weekend. I'm assuming that's just because his name's spelt wrong. Um, but I mean, what are your views on the, on, on Jared Bowen? Why is it not happening for you? I think I just, I just prefer backing teams with sort of better team strength. And obviously, he is a talisman for this West Ham team. Uh, and, and some people will discuss, of course, that he could play central at times. But I think when you look at, for example, Antonio's stats as a central player, they're pretty poor. At the same time, Bowen obviously started with extremely high NPXG. But it's also starting to sort of waver off. Um, he got another goal or, you know, in quotes, goal. <laughs> In the previous match but i think fixtures they've actually played three like in isolation really good fixtures and then also had really tough opposition like newcastle like city and liverpool but i think this run actually a lot of the opponents are still within sort of 
top 10 of expected goals conceded. So actually decent offenses and, and some of the good games in 4G are away from home. So because of that, I usually tend to to back picks um, from stronger teams. And I, I I would class, for example, Brighton like that, even though you, you can probably also argue that there's no real talisman from Brighton outside of maybe Matoma. West Ham, not 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 a uh, not a high performing team. They they yeah, won a major European trophy. I mean, <laughs> if we're talking over performance, about what? Put some respect on their name. <laughs> put some respect on their name. No, I, I, I feel you. It makes a lot of sense. I, I think he is definitely one. Um, no, I had I got my wild card pretty early, like seven point one, and it's one of those where I'm. <clears throat> I was actually considering removing him um, for Madison last week, and I, I don't know. I just, I just got, a, I got a nice feeling about him watching him play Sheffield United. That you know, that there was a lot of the play went through him, or at least there was a lot of kind of end producty stuff going on with him. It very kind of, and also he started heading it as well. Like he just discovered this kind of leaping like a salmon sort of thing going on, and with War Prowse involved, I mean that's not bad at all. And see, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty keen on Bowen um, at the moment. Obviously, I am because I, I've got him. Um, I mean, Sam does play for a team, though, with a low team XG. I mean, um, we've kind of got that data here. And Watkins, Villa, mm-hmm. they're fourth overall. Uh, Arsenal, as I said, haven't got out of second gear yet. They're seventh. And uh, Matoma, we'll come on to in a second. They're Brighton a third at the moment for team XG. Um, but yeah, West Ham, 13.3, down in 12. Is there some truth in what Fran is uh, bombing into the chat? Yeah, I think there are different ways to skin this cat. And it's a difficult one with Bowen because I like him for a slightly different reason, which is for a midfielder, his underlying XG is very, very strong in comparison to the XA, which obviously a lot of midfielders are much more balanced. Matoma, for example, is probably quite even in the, I think it's about 0.25 XG and 0.25 XA-ish, give or take, depending on the game week we're looking at. But Bowen is much more heavily weighted towards the goal threat. And obviously, we don't we don't need to teach anyone to suck eggs here. We know that obviously a goal is worth a lot more than an assist for a midfielder. So Bowen, for me, is valuable for that reason. And when you've got the, those fixtures ahead, Everton at home, Nottingham Forest at home in the, in the next three, and then Burnley away in the, in the fourth fixture to come, I think that those are fixtures where I'd expect a couple of goals for West Ham in each of them. They have had a fairly tough start to the season as well. I think they've only kept one clean sheet so far, but then looking at it, I think Dan, uh, FPL fella, was looking through the fixtures and you wouldn't actually expect them to do too well in quite a lot of those fixtures, whereas the results have actually been, despite the fact no clean sheets or only one, have actually been really encouraging. So I still think this is a team that we should have some level of confidence in. They're a a well-polished outfit. And even though the MPXG rank at the moment isn't looking too hot, that's because a lot of the good fixtures are still left to come for them, I think. And don't get me wrong. I can see a world where Bowen eventually gets sacrificed for the 6.5 million of, of, of the, of the talk of the town at that moment, Mitoma being one in a couple of game weeks time. It could happen, especially when we're looking at game week 12, I think is Mitoma up against Sheffield United at home. That obviously is a week where that could come into focus. Bowen against Nottingham Forest at home that week. You could arguably have a look at moving over then. Or if you think that they're going to be comparable in terms of their end products, then you could do it now and save the extra 0.6, 0.7 million, depending on what price you got Bowen at. Um, And again, if you're on a wild card, you might might end up going from a Toma 
as well because he's cheaper and he's easier to get into your team. And I don't think anyone would really have any complaints about that. So he's quite a luxury player to have as almost a, a premium version of the 6.5. Um, and But if you've got that extra 0.7, 0.8 spare, then I think you get that added goal threat. He is fairly talismanic for West Ham at the moment as well. And yeah, I, I'm just enjoying owning him at the moment. He's fairly differential. I, I see no reason to force a sale at the moment, but that doesn't mean I necessarily prioritise him as one of the top five midfielders on a wild card. I think there are definitely seven or eight picks that include him, but you could go with yeah. a different combination without necessarily having to have him. Yeah, it's a proper menagerie, isn't it? I, I completely kind of get what you're saying as well, because, I mean, may, maybe Franz incepted me a little bit, but he is one of those characters that I look at and I think, you know what? Yeah, Salah, pretty nailed on for, for the long term. I now own Madison, pretty nailed on for the long term. Um, you know, Watkins, whatever. Um, but with Bowen, it's one of those where I feel like he's going to be continually monitored, <laughs> you know, regardless. It's just, it comes down to that trust thing again, that maybe if there is, you know, uh, you know Matoma just proves themselves to be over the next two weeks, weeks just be you know you need to get this guy in then maybe i would be thinking you know what well at the end of the day they've got the xg per team for the team and he on his own and um, does very well and um, so maybe it's time to just go for that and then guy's got a, a, a master's degree in dribbling for christ's sake he's, he's going to do some <laughs> goals surely and um, yes and let's move on to the, to the man the man himself japanese matoma uh, Fulham, Everton, Sheffield United and Nottingham Forest next four and probably the best next four of any of the players or any of the fighters that we're looking at at the moment. Um, quite a lot of conversation about this one when I put the questions up earlier on. Uh, Jimmy the Claret, uh, Bryson Attack, are we worried about their folks on the Europa League? Uh, FPL Mug though pointed out they have 17 goals and four home games. FPL Koboloy, any thoughts on Mbumo to Matoma? Are we saying hold Bumo off that 14 points or is it time to get rid? Um, yeah, I mean, Brighton's XG is great um, overall. And at 6.5, Matoma is the cheapest of the bunch of so the players that we're talking about tonight. I wouldn't be too worried about rotation on signing his new contract. The Zerbi called Matoma their top player. And I think that, you know, they, they're still going to have to, obviously the Europa League is um, of, of great excitement to Bryson and Bryson fans, but they are still going to have to, you know, do something in the league. They can't, well, Solly March now got himself injured, but they can't be kind of field, uh, fielding two 19-year-old Ecuadorians that they've picked up from their football manager save every single week, can they? Um, I mean, it, I think Matoma is the one that, for me, becomes the odd one out just because I haven't got enough money to get to him. And um, that's why, Fran, earlier on, you mentioned that we were all kind of on the Gordon train. I mean, Gordon and Nigel Well would be Matoma, but for a variety of reasons, I can't make that happen. So I'm kind of having to make do at the moment, but it's, it's kind of a, it's a reluctant sort of overlook, I think. Um, can you get to him, Fran? Um, is, is he kind of on your mind this week? Yeah, I mean, he can just be a, a one free transfer move away from a Charleston. So that's possible. Although I'm actually also looking at uh, a Dingra as well because of March's injury. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't think they have really anyone who can replace um, a Dingra on the right right now, except for Buonanotte, who's barely been in the squad lately. And I'll, I'll watch the Europa League game and see if he gets involved. But he's played two 90-minute games because March was sort of shoehorned at left back due to the injuries that they have there. And now that he's out as well, it almost strengthens his minutes as well. So I think for both Matoma and Adingra, I think the minutes are actually better than we probably would have expected two, three weeks ago, because yes, it's valid to say that they're fighting on the Europa League front, but right now they just don't have anyone to fight with outside of, let's say, Matoma and Adingra. So I, I really like uh, the Brighton picks going forward, but I, I, I'm I'm happy to even save additional money and go Adingra, because I personally think 
Zerbi is the type of manager who is very happy to go with the player who's performed well for him. It sort of reminds me of the steel situation where I jumped on him last season and a lot of people were a bit scared about Sanchez coming back. But right now with the Dingra not having sort of any replacements, very lovely picks. Yeah, no, I, I quite like that. And it's one of those where, I mean, if, um, for example, G- Gordon runs into a little bit of difficulty, well, the fixtures aren't terrible, um, but you got they, they run into kind of Chelsea in game first, even Man Nice and 14, whereas Brighton's run, I believe, continues um, beyond this. So, I mean, that could be a time when you'd be like, well, you know what? Let's go for it. Let's, let's bring in that player um, who's very cheap. I mean, we've got a question on Cole Palmer later, and I think Adingra is very much in the in, in the maelstrom of those sort of cheap picks at the moment. But Sam, for you, um, I mean, Matoma is is one of those that I think has kind of come up a few times. I, I guess kind of on the fringes of our discussions so far. Um, yeah. I mean, I suppose this week is there any room at the inn for for him or not at all? So as it as it happens, just a little bit of FPL team fiddling around before this pod. I can actually because I've got two free transfers. I can actually do something quite out there and sell Son for Saka, and that would free up the money for Gordon to Matoma for free this week if I really really wanted to do it. I don't think I'm brave enough now to sell Son, considering I was already hesitant, Stop. and he's he's still on the pitch now. Um, at 80 odd minutes, I think. So he's getting good minutes again. He's clearly not too injured. Um, so that was going to be one of the reasons I could have got rid of him. Um, so yeah, it's going to be going to be tough. I do really like Matoma. I always like picking a player that I just fundamentally like watching as well, especially in a team that I enjoy watching. And Matoma and Brighton certainly tick both of those boxes. But I do like the way that Fran's thinking with Adingra as well. I think looking at the fact that Solly March is out now. He could be a really good value gem. And again, that saves even more money. If I downgraded Gordon to Adingra in the next couple of weeks, then maybe I could even stretch to some more value elsewhere as well. So, yeah, I think a Brighton asset will be high in mind, if not this week, probably in game week 12 in particular. But any point now between now and game week 13, you could easily jump on them and be pretty happy yeah. with that decision. And I don't think I don't think you'll uh, regret doing so. I think they'll definitely return. It's just whether or not the players you're getting rid of are going to be significantly worse than the players you're bringing in. Um, yeah, it's a tough one. I don't know if there's room at the end from this week necessarily, but I do want a Brighton player. And Matoma is probably just about top of the list. But I'm looking at Adingra, looking at Ansu Fati, Maybe even Evan Ferguson, if Welbeck's out for a while as well, could be more interesting um, if you wanted to switch to a, a bit of a 3-4-3. But I think I think Matoma's probably the one I'm most interested in. Well, I mean, you mentioned uh, players who we are looking to bin off and maybe we should pivot from Kovaloy's question there um, in mm. terms of sales. Um, so there are kind of a few people who are going to be making way. I'd imagine that in the Mbumo space, is there an Mb- that sounds like a really, really kind of interesting nightclub, doesn't it? The Mbumo space. Where are we going? <laughs> we're going to Weatherspoons, we're going to go to Yates, then we're going to go to the Mbumo space, yeah? I haven't been out for a long time, as you can tell. Um, but yeah, Mbumo is one that um, I think a lot of people are looking at and thinking, hmm, all right, so got points, got, got big points versus Burnley, uh, but Chelsea, West Ham, Liverpool and Arsenal in the next four. 
he is fifth non-pen next GI at the moment. Um, but I guess my question uh, to a lot of people, um, I saw a few people kind of saying, oh, you know, you've got to keep him. Um, and I can't, you can see it by the data. But, you know, this is FPL. We're in the business of scoring points, with which fixtures often help with. Are we really surprised that he's done the job versus Burnley? I mean, two games versus Fulham and Burnley um, have been where he scored double digits in this eight points versus Bournemouth. Um, elsewhere, it hasn't been as good. And the next four, I do think maybe, um, to answer Cobo's question, points are moving out and going with the fixtures. Um, I, I kind of understand that sort of heartfelt loyalty to players that you can you can kind of really kind of get investing in. But as I said, there's a time to be ruthless, I think, basically, um, without a player like Mbuma, especially if you can kind of get uh, Matoma, get Bowen uh, in for the fixture swing. I mean, Fran, does it, uh, is there uh, any kind of merit in keeping or is it one of those you kind of follow me and being ruthless in removing a player just because the fits are good you've done me well and boom over but see you later there's there's a the prettier shinier toy gun to play with yeah i think like in terms of fixtures you can probably see Mbuma as some sort of hop on hop off option where if you have luxury transfers where you can sort of go uh, mitomo or diaby for a few fixtures and then revisit Mbumo on let's say gaming 13 or 14 then you can enjoy that because brentford's fixtures actually are good after those four fixtures that you mentioned that are horrific but yeah, I think it's 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 a transfer that should be made from people who have that sort of luxury to do so. Um, otherwise, I'd probably still prioritize some of the other picks that we've been talking about earlier in the pod. What do you reckon, Sam? Um, would you would you go along with what I'm saying? Yeah, I would. And uh, Mbumo is always going to be a difficult sell for any like diehard analysts as well, statisticians, because he is on penalties, so he's always going to look good on review and he's always going to be a decent player to hold on to for the season. But whether, if, even if he's decent, I still think there are five better midfielders to have in your side for the next run of fixtures. And if the argument is he's on penalties, well then why don't you look at Cole Palmer at a million and a half less, who's also on penalties for a team that is better in Chelsea, getting better numbers, underlying data as well. And at the moment he's got an, consistent minutes too so if you're going for an Mbumo you might as well go for a Palmer in my view right now who also doesn't have great fixtures but at least you're saving a bit more money I I just think for Mbumo at the moment there are other 6.5 million assets that I prefer to have for the next four even without penalties taken into account Um, or sorry even with penalties taken into account and then like Fran said, you can hop back on in four weeks and the fixtures are good then. Um, but yeah, I, I think midfield is where we're making a lot of our transfers this year. There's a lot of value to be had in midfield outside of um, outside of Mbumo. So I think if I still had him, I'd still be tempted to sell him despite the the 14-point haul um, this week. Makes sense. All right, so in, into icky territory then. Uh, selling Alvarez uh, or Haaland uh, to, to get Watkins in. Fruki 50, is no Haaland till KDB is back the way to go. Cover by Alvarez, spread the funds into midfield. And Son, uh, Tom asks, have I really fucked up here <laughs> selling Son uh, to afford Watkins? Uh, I, I, have, I have kind of got Madison uh, in. Uh, it's, it's a really, really ugly move. I'll mention it later on. Um, but I mean... Is it just forcing it? Um, is it the case that, you know, 
there's on one side of it you always kind of think you know i see an opportunity to kind of just slightly advance my squads um and there is going to be some element of uh, collateral damage which isn't particularly pretty about it or would you guys kind of be more sort of like yeah okay there's a swing in the fixtures but these sorts of guys have performed well and they should probably be kept there i think maybe it's a different sort of plane uh, than in Bumo because you start to kind of really enter high EO and really um, smashing yourself territory. I think let's leave Hallings. We've got questions later on. But I mean, Alvarez uh, selling the likes of Son, Madison. I've seen quite a few people uh, sell Son for Sackle already. Um, I mean, could you ever square this sort of thing with yourself, Sat, uh, to sell a player like that? Uh, so are, are we are we talking about Alvarez first or are we going straight into the Spurs boys on this you one? Can do, you, can, you can take them as a compound. Um, okay, which okay. One, which one? Yeah, so I'll, I'll start I'll start off with Alvarez because he's the one that I've already sacrificed. So my the jury's out on that one for me a little bit. Um, yeah, I, th- I think Alvarez, in comparison to Haaland, he's not on penalties. The data isn't anywhere near as strong as Haaland. So... I don't think you can cover Haaland with Alvarez, but that's not really the question here. It's whether you can cover it with extra. I think the key problem with Alvarez is he's not really captainable in the fixtures where you really do want that City captain. And in uh, the Bournemouth fixture, the Liverpool fixture as well, when obviously Salah's the alternative, the main alternative um, going away to Man, Man City is not a good fixture for him either. Whereas Haaland on penalties with the data, probably a better option. So Alvarez, I was more comfortable to get rid of, partly for that reason, but also because the data between him and Watkins, as we mentioned earlier on in the pod, is fairly comparable, but Watkins' fixtures are much stronger for the next few. Um, And since then, actually, Watkins' data has improved slightly too. So I think Alvarez is the first one that I would begrudgingly say... I, I'm just about willing to go without for the time being, but with an, with one eye on getting him back at some point in the future. Um, he's by no means a bad pick. It's just we can only really have, well, we can only have seven starting attackers in our lineups at a, any given moment. And again, I, I still think there are seven better ones than him at the moment. Son Madison is the decision I need to make this week. And I, I hope one of you two can help me out on that one um, because I don't know which way I'm going on it at the moment. I think Son's more explosive as we've seen, but Madison will tick along and Son has been often taken off a little bit early. Both of them don't have the best fixtures to come, but I wouldn't say they're terrible. It, yeah, it's a it's a really tough one. I think it you do need to probably pick one of them to go because going into, especially if you're on a wild card going into game week 10 with both of them seems a little bit strong considering the fixtures, especially when there are so many good options elsewhere. Mm. But I just, I just don't know which one I'd be willing to get rid of at the moment. Yeah, the, and the pendulum enough, keeps swinging. <laughs> there's not enough room at the end, is there? I mean, Fran, no, where, where, would you, where, would you, where would you be leaning? Um, I, I think it really depends. Like if, if you go three, four, three, technically you can keep Alvarez and Holland yeah. and, and Watkins and therefore that sort of Bowen spot can just be replaced by Alvarez. But yeah, if you're on a 3-5-2 and it's hard for you to actually move out of that 3-5-2, then I, I do think Alvarez has to go because Watkins is is a lot easier of a play um, to make just because of fixtures. And I agree with you as well. I, I wouldn't... I mean, we won't talk about Haaland, but yeah, I think covering captaincies is how I would play it out. And ultimately, that's sort of why I would stick with 
that front two specifically of Harlan Watkins. Yeah. Okay. All right. So it's uh yeah, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? Really. And and there's lots of other sort of configurations who you're going to sell. In the interest of time, we're going to have to move on to wrap this bit up and kind of just discuss which which fighter are you guys picking? Uh, I suppose uh, going forward, uh, you both picked Watkins already, and um, so I guess um, and Sam, you own Bowen as well. So I suppose it's kind of going with Saka and having Watkins, Saka, Bowen. And reluctantly missing out on Matoma. Is that kind of about right? I think so. Unless I'm willing to sacrifice Son and upgrade Gordon to Matoma. But I think that might just be forcing it a little bit. And I've quite, I've seen a dog he's gone off injured as well, by the way. So we don't really know whilst recording this how bad that is. But if that is bad, then maybe that forces my hand a little bit with a defensive transfer as well. And maybe I look at mm. getting Gabriel in for a doggy there, uh, potentially. Um, which at some point I wanted to do anyway, get Gabrielle in, that is. Um, but that might also force my hand a little bit and, and kind of shape and mould which moves I have to make. But yeah, Watkins, Saka, Bowen um, would be probably the three I prioritise of these fighters at the moment, personally. Okay. Um, Fram, where are you? I know you're a Bowen hater, a Bowen sceptic <laughs> in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's, it's a Watkins, Saka and uh, Matoma potentially of, of, of the five that are on offer yeah I think I'd, I would back um, Saka just because he's definitely coming into my team this week and yeah better fixture probably than Watkins maybe okay Okay, interesting. Um, so I've I've picked my fighters. Um, I've I've got Bowen already, and um, I bought Watkins. And unfortunately, I couldn't get to Saka, so I've gone for Martinelli. Um, some aspects of an old-fashioned thing that I didn't. I think that's 2018, 2019. Suggested idea of this idea of a Riker. Uh, needs some super basic next-generation knowledge. Uh, but it's an old term where if you can't get the primary target, you're Picard, uh, which is Saka. Um, you shouldn't feel up too upset to get the Riker because he's still a fantastic individual with a nice beard. Um, so Martinelli. Okay, he's not. He's not got a great beard it's a bit of a kind of a bit of a weenie goatee um but i'm, I'm okay uh, with him for saka um, i feel like he's one of those that he's been overlooked a little bit because he's been injured um but i still think he will perform very well for me um and i also have uh, sold son um so i now own madison over son um i was able to kind of keep uh, make that move last night as last time i could do it i'm less happy about that um but it retains my stake in spurs and um yeah madison and son aren't weren't too aren't too far off in terms of its non-pen expecting goal involvement so it's, it's kind of where it is at the moment and um, but these are the kind of sacrifices i think we're going to have to make this year to align ourselves with the fixtures and to try to put ourselves in position to get lucky i mean honestly i just think there's going to be so many ugly transfers made this week and it's just the case of sizing up for yourself and deciding what you think is best over the next little stretch. And also examining your exit routes. So piggy banks, I've got, um, you mentioned earlier on, Fran, if you're holding Trippier, then things kind of change for you. I've got Trippier, which is why I've had to go for Martinelli. Um, but I can always sell him if I need to do something else. So if I need to buy some back for something like that, um, obviously not the best thing to have kind of have as you're in your back pocket, but that's the way it sort of goes and just watch out really if you are on the on the socials because what about her is going to be on full tilt this week and next week the keep the faith lot are going to be riding high and um, just try to hold to true your decision making and try to just feel happy about what you've done right i mean oh, difficult difficult really is uh, mm. if you're on wildcard though you do you are able to kind of make guilt-free changes aren't you here and, and i don't think any of us are on that game week 10 wildcard but it's definitely worth just discussing very quickly i say very quickly i mean very quickly and <laughs> um, i mean um 
who are the mainstays and uh, how do we make choices here, I suppose, Sam? Um, I, I guess it's kind of uh, Salah, Watkins, Hollands would be the three that I've got written down here and any configuration surrounding them, probably Saka, is, is kind of where I go. You mentioned it earlier on. It seems like that's kind of about right. You've, there's so many options, aren't there? Yeah, those were the exact same players I had written down as well. Um, yeah, I think... Salah's just an easy first name on the team sheet. Some people are looking without Haaland, but no, that's too rich for my blood. I've kind of gone in and explained a little bit why I wouldn't be going out without Haaland at the moment earlier in this pod and on uh, previous pods as well. So I won't, I won't go into detail there. Um, Saka and Watkins are fixtures and form picks at the moment as well. I wouldn't be going without either of them. And then it's just configurating around them, depending on your team value for me. You could be looking at a 3-4-3 and keeping Alvarez, like Fran mentioned. I personally would go with a 3-5-2 um, because I just think there are so many good midfielders, even in the budget areas around the five to six million mark, that I, I would I would prefer to cover that off as well and have that fifth midfielder spot covered with them. Um, the defence, I don't think there's any essential picks, but maybe the closest would be Cash. Um, their fixtures do run out in three game weeks, but is that still long enough to just go with Matty Cash now? Especially if you've already got him and you've got um, value tied up, then I think you, pro you probably do just hold on to him as as an inverted commas, essential pick on the wild card. But if you don't have value tied up in him, I would understand going without him. But yeah, I, I think pretty much the players you mentioned already. Yeah, and uh, agree, fam? Uh, yeah, I'd also mention maybe Gabriel, uh, but some people might disagree with Partey coming no, back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'd, agree. I'd agree with Gabriel. I think that's okay. I think if, if Timber was coming back, then maybe you kind of think a bit more <laughs> about it. Yeah. But I, I, don't, I, I don't think he's going to deviate too far from where it is. And Gabriel, that price, it's a bit of a quote-unquote gift. I hate when people say that. Um, <laughs> a gift to wildcard. The, the only thing I would kind of propagate a bit more now is you maybe just decimate that defense a bit so maybe you go gabriel cash i would have yeah. said a doggy but now it's probably poro and just that that should be your highest kind of price defender should be about kind of five like screw newcastle just kind of forget about them shove all of your money into the attack now because i think that you know that the front sevens we can put together are just simply ridiculous and i think that that should be where you should pursue things really Dear me. Well, that was quite a long section, um, but hopefully very fruitful, very useful. I thought that was really interesting, uh, just an idea of where we are now. Uh, let's do the bold claims very, very swiftly and then move on to the questions because there's loads of other things to speak about. Um, so, yes, this week, Samuel, uh, you are backing Big Dom. I am. I'm going with Solanke to get a double-digit haul against Burnley. I think Burnley are there for the taking at the moment. I don't think Bournemouth are by any means um, a great side right now either. But Solanke's look good, and I back Bournemouth and Solanke to do pretty well against Burnley. So, yeah, double-digit haul, so at least two returns for him um, this weekend. Slanky's actually in the top 20 for non Pinacci this so far Is this he? season. Wow, yeah. Decent. Yeah, he's, he's 20th. <laughs> so, okay, that, well. count. that still counts, doesn't it? Does it count? I mean, <laughs> does, if you're 10,000th, are you in the top 10? 10, 10, no, anyway, um, let's move on. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to go Beja in Beja as, as the weeks go on, Sam. It's 2 0 up mm. to you. Um, I've 
my, my one this week is that the Manchester Derby is decided by one goal. <laughs> like, I could go anywhere. Like, it could be like 2 1, 1 0. I'm basically just betting that it's going to be something like that. God, I'm so boring. But yeah, I, I need to just I'll get just about let you have that one. <laughs> oh, it's, it's so contentious, isn't it? It's really, really poor. And I only apologize to everybody who's listening. Right. Uh, let's move on to the questions uh, this week. Um, I think I may have to cut a few out. I'm very sorry. Um, um, but it is just the way it goes. I blame Fran for talking too much. I really, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Right, uh, first question, Adam Pritchard. I can get both Trippier and Watkins and need a minus four to get one of them. Is there any runway in covering with the lesser lights, the Rikering? So going with Byrne or Shah instead of Trippier or DRB for Watkins? Um, I think that this is one uh, that we've sort of covered already. Um, so maybe I'll move on quickly. Um, but yes, I, I think you know, with, with someone like Watkins, it's probably just worth kind of sticking with Watkins. But I think you can kind of sack off going for a Newcastle, um, uh, going kind of full pelt on Trippier, for example, because a lot of the good fixtures have already gone, uh, to be honest, yeah. and you're kind of coming into a bit of a tougher spell. Um, plus, when you get to a bit further down the line, you end up kind of in, in, with midweek games and everything like that. He's 33, he's getting old. <laughs> I'm just basically giving myself the runway to sell him eventually. And next question, Sean McCall. I said we're going to leave Holland for a little bit. Um, this is a good point to bring him in. Um, how many points would Holland have to score going forward um, over the next kind of few weeks to justify his price? What's the mental cutoff for you? Is he just locked in regardless? I think is what this kind of comes down to. So apart from Bournemouth, there's not really a sofa game. For, for for City until game week 16 when Luton are away Man United mm. um, next Chelsea in 12 Liverpool in 13 Spurs in 14 Villa in 15 all decent-ish attacking fixtures for City but you can take on Holland in all of them I think um, it's just the case of you know how scared are we basically of not owning him I, I kind of feel like he is an individual who could just ruin your season if you don't own him is one of those where even though I'm probably not going to captain him this week I will captain against Bournemouth and then after that I'll take kind of a watching brief on how it sort of works and um, he's never really kind of it's, it's still not really been a serious consideration to get rid of him I mean uh, Sam you and I your your, your views my views well known so maybe Fran I mean Holland, are you increasingly in the scepticism camp or is he one that you're just looking at and thinking, you know what, you're just staying, mate, no matter what? I think because there's been so many sort of budget enablers in the midfield position that have sort of come to us in the last few weeks, I'm less in the sort of no Holland camp. So if, for example, I was wild card now, I would definitely still have Holland in my draft and I'll just, you know, jam in players like Adingra, um, Palmer even, and, and go 3 4 3, as I mentioned. But because of that, yeah, I don't really see any reason why I would drop Holland. And as I said, I, I do like to cover captaincies um, generally in FPL. So for me, as you say, in the Bournemouth game, Holland's the best captain. I w- wouldn't even necessarily look at it as if I need Holland to average a certain amount of points each game. I would actually just like Holland to do his job in these easy fixtures <laughs> and hopefully have some of these captaincy swings like go back our way in the Holland plus Salah sort of wildcard camp. So sort of like this week with Salah, I'm hoping something happens like that with Bournemouth. And mm. he's capable of doing it. And yeah, we've course. seen it before. So, yeah, no reason to really doubt him other than the fact, yes, of course, City have been struggling a little bit lately. Um, but we've seen time and time again, Pep finds a way to work things around. And it's not like Haaland is, is going to be second choice anytime soon. So, yeah. Is he going to touch the ball more than 10 times versus Bournemouth? <laughs> That's the thing. But if those touches mean that he's scored a goal with four of them, we are happy. It's just yeah. at the moment, you know, there's definitely that sort of... I mean, Sam, when, we're, when you know, we're 
talking the other day was you're in the game. It was like, all right, he scored really early on. This is going to be great. And it just after that, he just highlights anyway, because it was a 3 p.m. game in the UK. It just seems to disappear, didn't he? I mean, I, my, my faith is still there. I'm not, his faith isn't shaken, but it's still one where, you know, there's there's kind of a slight portion of your mind where you where you kind of envy the no hauling crew a little bit, don't you? Yeah, I mean, no hauling crew, especially around game week eight. I think it really manifested. They're off to a good start. The Salah obviously performing in both of those game weeks has sharpened that that viewpoint, and they are they are definitely doing well. But Salah to keep getting sixteen point fifteen point hauls every single week, and Haaland to not get those every single week is quite a big call for a player with that sort of underlying data. He, he's he got nine goals in nine league games so far this season, and we're, we're calling him out of form. This guy is scary good. And if all he needs is a couple of key chances against Bournemouth, for instance, and all of a sudden we'd be incredibly scared not to own him. I, I think... As I've mentioned before, there are definitely drafts out there that I've seen that I really like the look of without Haaland in it. And that's absolutely fine. There are different ways to play this game. I wouldn't ever try to tell someone that you need to have Haaland in your team. You could definitely be successful without him. But for me, like what Fran said, if I was wildcarding now, I think there are plenty enough budget picks that mean that I'm not really sacrificing anything to have Haaland in my squad anyway. Maybe one or two positions, but especially now we're at game week 10 where Trippier is probably not as essential to have as he has been in the last few weeks because the fixtures aren't going to be there anymore. You don't need that extra 2 million for him over a 4.5 to a 5 million defender. And then in midfield, we've got new players like Adringa, Cole Palmer, Gordon, Neto, Huang, all of these players coming to the fore as well. So do we re- do we really need to save that money from Haaland and move that elsewhere to gain the extra EV every single week? I'm I'm not so sure we do. So if I was wildcarding, I'd still have Haaland. Um, yeah, my 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 thoughts yeah. are well documented. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, interesting. I've, yeah, I mean, I I don't really have a mental cutoff for Haaland. Um, but I think it does start to get interesting when you get kind of around that, the, the the blank game week, for example. But I, I don't know. It's, you look at it and you just think, well, anything I do there, remove that player, I've got to find some way of getting him back pretty much immediately. So yeah. it's, it's very difficult. I, 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 yeah, this, I, I'm not going to put myself in that situation effectively. That's the, kind of just the way I'm going. Maybe I'm a simple man. Um, but yeah, that's just the way I am. Right. Uh, next question. FPL Sponge. Is Cole Palmer the real value deal? Uh, we've heard a lot of a, a Dingra hype uh, on this pod today. Uh, FPL Fran uh, raising the Simon Dingra. I'm sure he's called Simon um, a, a Dingra bang, a, a banner. I mean, uh, Cole Palmer, though, on penalties, played the false nine as well and pretty well, actually, against us. Um, a bit of a surprise there. But yeah, played very well. Um, quite a few players around this five million mark, aren't there, Fran? I mean, where would you be if you were looking at these sort of players? Would it still be a Dingra if you just for the fixtures? I mean, Cole Palmer's pretty decent, isn't he? Yeah, I think the issue with Cole Palmer is purely the fixtures, right? You can't really play him outside of game week 10. And then the next time you can play him is probably game week 14. Mm. And a Dingra, you can actually play all of these games. So it's like if you were wildcarding, you probably could, as I say, go 3 4 3. Then Palmer becomes your fifth midfielder, but he plays the same role that Archer does in a 3 5 2 draft. But uh, a Dingra is actually someone I would be happy playing game to game if I was that confident uh, in his minutes. And, and I actually am. So it comes down as well to 
yeah, Palmer being a great pick, but he's someone that I would just sort of look at my team and, and say, you're pretty much reserved for game week 14 and beyond. And we all know that we have to play this wild card and have it last until game week 20. So yeah, if you're wild card, it makes sense to go Palmer. But otherwise, I wouldn't be transferring him in this game week unless you had, let's say, a super deep defensive bench where you can suddenly go 4-5-1, 3-5-2, 3-4-3 and just keep chopping and changing. But that's so tough to do. Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? I mean, Sam, where, where are you on this? So, you know, all the cheap players out there, I know there's a lot of people, and we'll come on to it in a second, actually, we'll question three, four, three. I mean, what would your enabler be if you were really kind of tempted to go that way? It sounds like a Fran Swayji with his Adingra propaganda. Yeah, I, I, I'm a bit swayed, actually. I didn't realise before today, when I was doing my research for my own shows as well, Adringa has started, Adingra, sorry, has started a lot recently and got good minutes, even before the escalating injury crisis so i do really like him as a value pick cole palmer being on penalties does help his case and i can see why a lot of people are going with him on a wild card for that reason but as fran said he's not got the fixtures for the time being so if you need to play this guy every single week then i think you go for a dingra rather than palmer for the time being and then you can make that swap when chelsea's fixtures do turn good again in, in four or five game weeks i think it is um, if you're happy to bench them and you can do that comfortably, then Palmer becomes more tempting, I think, because you don't need to start him every single week. But even if you did, I don't think it's a worse pick to have to start on penalties. Chelsea are a good attacking side. I think I would just favour Dingra if you did have to start them, though. I think what I really like about Dingra, um, God, I've been totally messed with by, by Fran here. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, but what I really like about Dingra is that you can absolutely, especially if you decimate your defence, like stack your other six in your forward line. Like, honestly, like you yeah. can have, depending on team value, of course, your roll card and now, actually, you're probably quite screwed in terms of team value because you've probably been holding Rashford and uh, Bruno for a while. I'm very sorry. Um, uh, this is probably like you know, putting a donut in front of somebody who, who's sworn off donuts. Um, but I mean, you, you could feasibly, potentially, have a Dingra plus Saka, Salah, Son, Bowen, Watkins and Holland. if you remove Son for Madison, probably, if you um, have wildcarded now and don't have good team value. And that is ridiculous, honestly, what you can get away with if you've got that one enabler in place. I and mean, we've got Gordon in place to kind of make it all kind of work. Um, but now you've got an even better example of a player who's not one any cheaper than Gordon, who has the fix in front of him. And uh, as we've been told by Bryson ITK, FPL Fran, um, he's going to be playing every game. I mean, that's, <laughs> that, that's insane. Um, but yeah, no, it's really, really, uh, yeah, I, I think that he's, he's a really interesting player for short term. And then you can get Cole Palmer uh, when of Chelsea fixtures do get better um, going forward. I think there's, there's a really good kind of little run, isn't there, for Chelsea? And they've got a really kind of god-awful uh, few yeah. weeks. I think until the next international break, it's terrible. But then kind of after game, I think it's game week 15, they've got Man United, they won't worry about that. And then from early December onwards, it's really good all the way up until kind of mid-January. Like a sea of green again for Chelsea, like we saw early doors. So I mean, kind of Playing the playing the mix there is really good because you've got now two players who you can kind of mix and match with, assuming March is out for a little while. Hmm. I like it. I like it a mm. lot. Um, so, touching on that question, FPL Matt, um, is free up top too limiting? Too limiting with uh, your midfield options, um, as you mentioned earlier on. Uh, Sam Ferguson's around. Also Darwin Solanke, um, your man uh, for this week's bold claims. They're all options up top alongside Holland and Watkins. Matt says for him, he's currently on Solanke as well. Um, currently owns the man. 
um, it's, it's free for free kind of legit making a slow return to to the four um or is it still kind of the three five two hegemony fran um three four three is it something that you'd be considering yeah i mean if i was wildcarding this week i would definitely go three four three but it's purely because alvarez exists and also i think it also depends on whether you want to free hit on 18 because if you're investing into let's say double city now that um you're almost booking transfers away from alvarez if you're rejecting free at 18 and yeah, so I think if you're comfortable, let's say free, free hit 18ing, and then you go Alvarez Watkins, that could make sense. I think with Solanke on, on, let's say, this week, this is his best fixture, but the previous two games were good as well. And actually, Bournemouth's run isn't so good after this. So that's another option sort of you're, you're cut off from. As far as Darwin, there's not enough injuries in Liverpool for me to be comfortable about his minutes. So I think he's also pretty hard to go into. I think it, it just depends on whether you're sort of that type of manager who's happy to bet on darwin who could be playing 30 60 or 90 and then with ferguson similar situation just because i think uh deserve said that Welbeck's injury is not actually that bad whereas the march one is obviously his definition of a long time is quite different i think estupian was a long time and that was one month so maybe march isn't out for too long uh but definitely Welbeck seems like he's gonna be back soon and the issue i suppose is ansu fati ferguson and jao pedro all play central so you are gambling minutes there. And if I was to gamble minutes, I'd probably actually gamble in Jao Pedro instead because I am someone who's in love with penalties. And yeah, 45 <laughs> minutes of a chance to get penalty is probably better than 45 to not. So, Right. Okay. No, I, I understand that. I saw that Jao Pedro um, was starting to crop up a little bit in conversation. And I think he's one that um, could well, um, again, be a really good enabler. But it's, it's no, it's no dinger, is he? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have the town at the moment, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, talk of town. Um, yeah, so Sam, what about you? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm with Fran on this one. I think three four three is a very legitimate option this week on a wild card, but it is it is those three. It is Harland, Watkins, Alvarez, and outside of that, I wouldn't be that convinced. And again, like Fran said, you are booking in transfers for game week eighteen, and unless you want a free hit. So where and where are you going with those transfers at the moment? There there are options, but I'm not that convinced on Darwin's minutes. Solanke's around. Maybe you go a Newcastle attacker at some point, but I think I think you can probably find better value in a fifth midfielder um, outside of Alvarez Watkins. Um, so yeah, three four three as long as Alvarez and Watkins are options is great. Mm. After that. I think you're you're going to be more likely to want to flick back to a three five two quite quickly, and that's why I, I'm still quite happy with that structure because I think every single week I'm going to have an option I like the look of in midfield that I can make a swap for. Up front, I'm not so not so confident on that, and I think after after those top three options, it starts wearing thin quite quickly after that. Yeah, it's it is it is difficult, isn't it? I. I... I do think I, I think I'm 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 definitely more with you there, Sam. I think you said you were with uh, with Fran and proceeded to completely destroy his point. Did <laughs> <laughs> I? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you, Fran. I go through three, four, three. But then actually, there's lots more options in midfield. <laughs> I'm uh, I, I can't. But no, I I meant I'm with Fran in the sense that it's those three. It has to right, be those three. I so I, if okay. I was wild carding, I'd be tempted <laughs> to do that, but it would have to be those three. 
Right, understood. I, I'm, <laughs> I, I still think it would have to be three five two for me. I just think the depth in the midfield, we literally discussed it a minute ago. I mean, Watkins is a bit of a shoe in. Maybe there's a bit of an awkward sort of removal of Alvarez. And it becomes Alvarez versus that other midfielder. And for me, I, just because the amount of depth that's an offer in the midfield versus the strike force, it really feels like the midfield is the way to go. And having that five in midfield ready to go no matter what. That I mean, I look at what Matt said, Ferguson, Darwin, Slanky. Like we can all pick up issues with them. You guys have both kind of mentioned it as well. Um, versus with the midfield, there's always kind of like, all right, well, this guy's injured. I'm gonna get him in. And every single price point, there is something that you can do if it doesn't quite work out with the person that you're on. Like if it if, if something doesn't work out with Saka, you've got kind of Marcel who sat there, or you can kind of move across to to Madison. Um, if you've got Bowen, it doesn't really work out with him, you can get Matoma in. If you've got a Cole Cole Palmer, you can get a dinger in like everywhere there is a change that you can make which kind of feels like it's commensurate in terms of the value it doesn't quite feel that way with the strikers for me at the moment and um, it really does kind of come down to your faith in alvarez i think a lot of the time like to watch alvarez is fantastic um and i i, I do feel a bit upset about removing him i know fran when you sold him you were a bit annoyed as well that yeah. you had to do it um but it, it's one of those where if you own watkins it doesn't really kind of work out as uh, you mentioned earlier on sam the run for him is kind of is getting towards its conclusion after that bournemouth game like you can then get alvarez in after that so you can kind of you can trade down. It comes down to that kind of exit routes idea, and the exit routes I think from having the five in midfield is superior to the exit routes and having the free and attack because you're always going to have to make a move, two moves to make that sort of work. Because there's so many midfield options, it's bountiful, and I think that's kind of the way that I go at the moment. So, Matt, yeah, I think the free up top is too limiting for your midfield options, but play it your way, as James from Planet FPL would always say. Next up, FPL Psycho. Um, let's say you're in the <laughs> deplorable position where you have to carry either Mbumo or Bruno Fernandes for the foreseeable future. Who would you begrudgingly keep? Um, yeah, I mean, we mentioned about removing Mbumo earlier on. Um, didn't, we have, again, we haven't mentioned Nice at all. Um, I mean, it's, it's one of those where uh, you know, if, if the, in another world, if they were performing, we'd again be trying to wedge a united player in no matter what into us into our squads uh, it still feels like bruno is low-key doing all right and this is kind of what happened last year as well he's fourth for not for non-pen xgi this season um and if you've got matoma there i don't know it, it, I've, I've kind of made the point earlier on that there's so many interchangeable parts this year they kind of both of them could kind of go but it depends on your risk appetite your hit appetite as a manager if you had to keep one fran which one would it be i think it would have to be fernandez but i'm sort of wary that fernandez is probably a placeholder for saka and i think i'd rather go saka than let's say go off of mbumo Okay. Yeah, I think this. I mean, Sam, you mentioned that Saka earlier on was kind of your boy and um, the one that you go to, even over Watkins. Um, so, I mean, is it the same for you? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think Fernandez at the moment. I think a lot of people have just been holding on desperately to either him or Rashford, knowing that they probably have it as a placeholder. Um, it's a shame because the fixtures ahead, if you can hold a Man United asset after the Man City one, after the Man City game, their fixtures are, are very good, much better than Brentford's for the short term. But out of the two, I think, considering the other options like Saka, for instance, you could be binning off Fernandez for, Mbumo at least 
at least is two million cheaper. So you're not breaking the bank to hold on to him. So I think out of the two, you'd probably just about hold and Bumo. But it is a shame. If if Bruno was a little bit cheaper, then you could probably legitimise holding on to him. And there might be some wildcarders out there that are determined to get a few, a few good hauls out of him in the fixtures to come after game week 10 is out of the way. And we did say, uh, God, people who have held Rashford this long, uh, yeah. penciling in that Sheffield. Oh, God. I mean, I, I can commend you for incredible patience, but wow. I mean, wow. Uh, certainly there's a there's a point where you look at it and think, yeah, you just need to get rid of this guy. Right. Final question this week. A bit of a forecasting one. One we'll come back to in the future. Uh, Sam, FPL Sports Science is a free hit in 18 viable for the City Blank. Um, and if you're, uh, are you even thinking about this? And that Goops um, asks, is there a case for free hitting this week with the fixtures so favourable this weekend? Um yeah, it's one of those that obviously depends on your risk tolerance in terms of this week, um, maybe even next week as well. If, if this week, maybe you would kind of make transfers, remove Holland, and then next week you'd free hit because then you can get Holland back for Bournemouth for the free hit and kind of move it on if you're determined to free hit fairly soon. Um, but that long term, though, free hit um, for City um, in, uh, in, in a team when they're away um, at the club, I can't remember, club. Club World Championships, whatever it is, I can't remember what it is now. Um, you know what I mean. Um, sandwiched between good game weeks of Crystal Palace and um, Everton on Boxing Day, um, maybe that could be the week that we start to pencil in our free hits. I mean, Fran, have you looked that far ahead? Uh, no, but I've seen that Ben Crellin has, and uh, I think <laughs> he's actually playing towards that. And so, something I, I spoke with a friend recently was that. If Ben Krellen ever follows a strategy in FPL, it's probably quite sound. Um, and that's all I can really say about it because I've gone out of Alvarez. I only have Haaland now. I don't have necessarily plans to move into him. And so I don't think a free hit is super viable for me because ultimately it comes down to whether I want Alvarez earlier than 18. And maybe I do, um, but I probably wouldn't change my transfers until let's say around game week 13 plus. So it's not something that I'm putting too deeply into my head. And as far as wildcard 14 or 19, once again, I think 19 intuitively makes sense just because you're sort of playing around blanks and doubles. It kind of reminds me of last season when we probably all played uh, our wild cards around, you know, when Brentford and Brighton had their, yeah, exactly, their blanks and doubles. But some people still did something more niche, which was like 27 or 28. But ultimately, yeah, I think 19 seems to make conventional sense. 14, I haven't really looked into too much, to be honest. Um, I have run it on, I think I have a couple of friends of mine who have actually, who are planning on, I think, going for a game week 90 wildcard, have spotted that on review. 14 also throws out really good um, sort of expected value, which means that it's it's probably an option that's, you know, viable. But I, I, I really can't say too much about it. I think we've got to go um and say 10 is actually quite a nice sort of landing spot if you want to rejig your team with all these sort of budget players and um go with Salah Haaland which is super hard to do if you're just sort of playing a rolling team I think a lot of it just depends on how much we steam into City yeah um, mm. around that point um I think that it, there's lots of unknown unknowns really between now and the 9th of December 
uh, which is when uh, they play Luton. And there is a midweek game that week. Um, so they play Spurs, Aston Villa and Luton between the 3rd of December on the Sunday and the 9th of December on the Saturday. Um, so there's there's so much to kind of see what kind of happens around that sort of time frame. Um, ideally, I think that that would be quite good because you probably want Triple City for Luton. You probably want Triple City for Crystal Palace. Um, I haven't done that far ahead of, ahead really, uh, uh, FPL Sports Science Sam, um, because that's just not really how I how I play things. I've kind of just take it as it comes, which I know is not the Ben Crellin way, but that's kind of how I do things because I think that there's so many unknown unknowns that it kind of it limits you and kind of creates like a uh, you can create loads of biases in your mind about what you want to do in the future. But that far ahead, like there's just so little certainty. Like it's not the way I do things. But yes, on paper, ideally, you're going to want Free City around that time. If things do transpire how I think they may transpire, then maybe, yes, you'd be looking at getting Triple City for Luton and you know rolling your transfer midweek, blah, blah, blah. And then maybe that 18 free hit is where we go, especially if um, the rest of the community goes there. The template remains strong. Um, at the moment, as has kind of been evidenced by the discussion we've had, the template is not that strong. And um, I think there are kind of, a few people that we are going to kind of home in on the likes of Mr. Watkins, the likes of Mr. Saka, and um, but there are loads of different ways and means to get there. Three, four, three, three, five, two. Who else are you going to pick in around them? Talking about the wild card ten earlier on. Um, admittedly, none of us are cl that close to it, but still, there's not really a defined template. Um, so it really, really, really depends on loads of things, which is a really horribly wishy-washy answer. But I think that's kind of where I am at the moment. Like, I think it kind of makes sense to what free hit that week, um, but. And um, I don't know <laughs> right now. And I'm fine in saying I don't know right now because, frankly, that's not the way that I play this game. Uh, probably to my detriment, to be honest. Uh, Sam, anything to add? No, I, I think you both summed it up perfectly. At the, at the risk of sounding boring, I'm very similar to the way you two have mapped it out. Um, free hit in 18 is viable if, you, if you're pretty heavily backed on City at that point. But like Fran, I'm not, I don't have any plans to get Alvarez back in just yet. And Having a triple up seems like a, a long way away at this point, considering we don't really know which City defender we'd probably want. Edison has seemingly very briefly probably lost his place at the moment, so you can't really triple up there as it stands. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm I'm not really looking that far in the future yet. Sam, obviously, Inspector Goals is a very clever guy. I'm sure he's done some research. Um, so I'll, I'll be watching that later this week as well to see what the logic is behind that a bit more. Um, but yeah, um, I probably wouldn't free hit in 18 unless I was quite heavily piled on, up on City. Yeah, let's see how it goes, really. Great. Okay, let's move on to transfers and captains and uh, where we are at the moment with everything. Oh, God, it's me. Uh, so, yes, um, transfers and captains have already... Transfers have already been done. Um, I So I, I basically... I've been playing around for, for a little while and Sam has had an unfortunate barrage of messages from me. <laughs> Most talking to myself, to be honest. <laughs> Just kind of figuring out exactly how the hell I was going to get Watkins in. Loads of ways I could do it. Um, and ultimately, I've decided I don't really want to sell Trippier at the moment. Um, I think he could be a piggy bank going forward, but I didn't want to quite do it. And um, because I worked out that there was one move I could do last night, and I was at 0.0. .0 
we do this once a year. Like this is it. This is it. I'm not going to do it again. Come back to me in February and be like, oh, he says now, yeah, again. on the move. Or I'll just I'll send you a screenshot of the team before I made the transfers and just not say anything. I'm, I'm I'm reconsidering it. And you go back to it on the Monday and be like, hang on, you made those moves at, on Sat on Saturday night. What's wrong with you? And, <laughs> yes, I. So basically, what I've done is I Kulisevsky was his last week in the team, and so he's gone for Marcelli. So tick, I've got Arsenal. I sold Alvarez for Watkins. So I've got Watkins. I'm basically backing him to beat Alvarez over the next five or six games. And I couldn't go without him for Luton, basically. And he could well be the captaincy pick. It's between him and Salah. So tick. And to afford that, I had either to sell Trippier for um, a 5.5 million defender. If I wanted Saka, it would have been a 4.5 million. Um, So I decided to keep Trippier. But a more palatable move for me was to sell Son for Madison. So I keep Spurs representation tick. Um, so I, I I don't really like the fact that I sold Son, um, but I do have I did have a bit of value which enabled me to make that move. And it does mean my front seven is now uh, Bowen, Gordon, Martinelli, Madison, Salah, Holland, Watkins. Obviously, it would be better if Martinelli was Saka. It'd be better if Madison was Son. Um, but I do think that that is probably the best solution I've come up with in the time. And I had to pull the trigger um, to make it work for me this week. I know there's those midweek games. I did never, never, ever um, would say, yes, you should make moves. Um, with loads of midweek games coming up and um, without being wide open to the risk. And that's kind of where I am. I've still got Trippier at the back, um, but um, I know those people would have been selling Trippier this week or overselling Son, but that's the decision that I've made because it keeps the Spurs representation. Basically, I've chosen Madison over Son, except I bought Madison, which is a bit awkward, but kind of in my head makes a lot of sense. Taking the hit. Um, but yes, I think that's going to serve me well for the long term. And if Martinelli doesn't really work out, I need to buy Saka in. I would probably have to sell Trippier and kind of sort that out. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't have all the answers, um, but that kind of works well for me going forward. And it's between Salah and Watkins. Um, for the captaincy, I think that the effective ownership is probably going to be on Salah's side uh, versus Nottingham Forest. So I'm probably going to put the captaincy on Salah. I do like uh, Watkins uh, versus Luton. Both of them are high floor players. Both are going to kind of, there's, decent guarantee of points from both of those players in my mind. Um, and it's just a case of where the ceiling is. Both of them have got a decent ceiling, um, but Salah's on penalties. So I think that kind of is where it's going to go for me. Um, but I, I could be persuaded by Watkins, by something that I see. Uh, that's for sure. Um, yes, I, I, I'm feeling uh, I, I'm feeling okay, even though yes, Son did score an assist tonight. Um, Madison scored as well. I think that there's going to be um, probably a similarity between two of them going forward, especially because I mean, they were playing Fulham. These were the games that I did buy Kulu in, for example, and wanted to triple Spurs for. And I'm kind of quite glad that I'm able to... I've seen a lot of people selling Son for Saka and not having any Spurs midfield cover. And they've still got no Europe. They're still going to be kind of continuing to continuing to trundle forward. So I'm glad that I was able to keep Madison, basically devolve my Pokemon uh, from Son to Madison. So yeah, there we go. Uh... Not great. I'm up next. Yeah, I'm up next. So um, at the moment, no transfers made. Um, As I've hinted at during the pods, I'm not completely confident where I'm going, but it will probably involve an Arsenal midfielder, most likely Saka. 
uh, to come in. Um, Madison and Son are the two that are obviously on the chopping block, most naturally. Both have done very well tonight. I was hoping maybe I saw a, a, a bit more of a Son injury doubt out of tonight to make this decision easier. But no, I'm going to have to debate it all week. Um, I could Ooh. just, I could hold them both and make a defensive um, transfer and then roll, <laughs> roll transfers into into next week. But I do quite want Saka, um, so mm. yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough call. I can afford either, um, so I okay. can afford Madison up to Saka with still 0.2 um, spare. So that's absolutely fine. Um, the other move that I could make. Um, as I mentioned earlier on, is if I did Son down to Saka, I could do Gordon up to Matoma, which could be interesting. Or I could do um, any of the defenders, probably most likely a doggy if he is out um, for the medium term, across to the likes of Gabriel, for instance, which might also be quite a nice move just to get ahead of the defensive curve a little bit. I think Gabriel will be a popular pick on the wild card. Um, and it might be a move that some others aren't able to make this week because they've got other other fires to put out first. So maybe that gets me ahead of the crowd a bit. But so would Matoma. So I, I might I might be looking at two transfers this week. It one will involve an Arsenal midfielder, um, but I'm not sure where the other one's probably going just yet. Mm, okay, lots of, lots of thoughts to go. And finally, Fran. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, the moves I have here are two free transfers because I rolled last week where I go Simakas out in, sorry, I mean Trippier out into Gabriel and then Richarlison out for Saka. Um, but as I said, I mentioned Simakas as well. It could either be Gabriel or Simakas. The way I see it, Gabriel has a great game week 10 fixture. I probably would need to make another defensive transfer on 11 or I can just go Simakas who would cover 10 and 11 for this team and ultimately you know, the concept of the piggy bank I've taken out of the piggy bank. I've gone out of trip here and I'll probably go into soccer later this week. I, I just find him to be actually the pick that I, I want to go and prioritize. And unfortunately in this situation, trip here is the, the piggy bank that I'm drawing from. And once again, drawing from another one, one of your concepts, keeping it in my Spurs assets, at least one within sun is something that I quite like. And yeah, it was a decision between sun and trip here. I've, promised a lot of a dingra hype there there are some other moves where i could let's say go from richardson to a dingra but the way i see it with 1.9 million if i go richardson to a dingra i don't really know what i'm doing with it and i think it's 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 always nice in fpl when you can kind of squeeze the bank as much as possible so going for two arsenal assets and then uh, making future defensive transfers is something that i would like to do yeah sounds good and i think Looking at your side, I'm very jealous going into game week 10, um, especially with the two free transfers. That's given you a lot of flexibility. I, one, one thing that I'm also questioning myself at the moment is whether Simicas or Gabriel mm. is the priority at the moment. Obviously, we've heard a lot about Robertson. We haven't really talked about him or Simicas on the pod at all today. Um, the news seems to be that Robertson's out for two months. Do you see Simakas as a fairly reliable pick for the foreseeable future? Or are you a little bit concerned, possibly like myself, that the early subs could creep in a little bit? Obviously went off 61 minutes this week. Do you think that maybe we've got rose-tinted glasses a little bit because that was one minute later than an absolute nightmare for owners? Yeah, I think you, you, you raise a great point there because... 
Simikas, it's an interesting substitution because when you compare it to, let's say, another early sub that happened this week, like Zinchenko, I think Arsenal were generally struggling in that game. So that Zinchenko um, rotation at 45 minutes was a game state where you, you don't really want your defense to ever be in that position. But with Simikas, quite a unique situation where it was still 10 versus 11 and Liverpool were putting an attacker you know, in his place, as opposed to, let's say, Joe Gomez, who came on when they were trying to secure the game. So I actually quite like Simikas as a move, interpreting that the game state was quite different, that it's positive that usually when you're playing 11 versus 11, Liverpool would still need a left back. Um, mm -hmm. And they actually have really easy fixtures where I'm hoping that Simikas will sort of break that 60-point barrier. But I, I recognize the point that there are going to be games where Liverpool might need to be a bit more defensive. And Klopp himself has mentioned that I think they have one academy kid and obviously Joe Gomez who can play left back. But yeah. I think even when you watch Joe Gomez like trying to close out that game, it's not like he's very comfortable in attacking positions. And I, I would think that Simikas would be given, for example, these three easy fixtures, which... I think would already sort of justify the transfer going for Simikas for me. Um, but Gabriel also feels super safe. Sheffield United is probably also a better defensive fixture. And you probably have more confidence in Arsenal's defense. So it is a bit of a 50-50 for me. And Gabriel's also just a bit more expensive. Especially because you've got a Poro and Colwell. Like you've got an extra yeah. defender on the bench, which, which yeah. I don't have. That's for sure. Well... Well, that was that was very uh, that was a bit of an epic pod there. I think, and um, yes, <laughs> I think uh, that was a, I think that's probably you a lot now. That's for sure. Oh, yeah, sounds good. Yeah, thank you all so much for listening. A ninety-minute pod um, during the Tottenham game. Obviously, that ended two 0 We're all pretty happy with how that ended. I think uh, with Madison and Son both doing well. Hopefully, it all went well for you if you're listening as well. Uh, but for the time being, we were who got the assist. As always, you can find us on X at WGTA underscore FPL or at FPL Pricey. And Fran, are you uh, at FPL Fran? On X, I am FPL double underscore Fran. Double underscore Fran. I'm never sure on the underscores. Um, so yeah, do make sure you go and follow Fran on there as well. Um, he's a great value for money on there too. On Instagram and threads, it's WGTA.FPL. And again, I'm just FPL Pricey on there. Do you have either of those, Fran? Yeah, I believe it's just the one underscore on that platform. Okay, <laughs> just the one underscore on that one. Um, and as always, <laughs> if you enjoyed the pods, if you could do all of that, if you could follow us on those channels, that'd be great. But then if you could also give us a five-star rating wherever you're listening to the pod, that would be great. And if you're watching on YouTube, um, if you could like and subscribe to the channel, then first of all, you won't miss any future content. And it also really helps us out as well. So thank you so much in advance for doing any or all of those. Uh, thanks again so much for coming on, Fran. We really enjoyed talking to you today. And hopefully this won't be the last time we catch up with you during the season, especially if your rank continues on the upwards trajectory you're on at the moment. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Once again, as, as I said, it's a privilege to be the first guest of the season. And uh, I hope even if my rank turns a bit sour, that you'd still have me on. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah that's, that's why we have you on. What, what's gone wrong? What happened? What happened? <laughs> thanks, thanks so much, Fran and Sam. Well, we hope you enjoyed the pod. We hope you assist you think about the fixture swing. And we'll speak to you next week. Yes, it should be good. Enjoy, everybody. Speak soon. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Sports Social Podcast Network.